Hello, and welcome to the Human Entropy Podcast, a podcast where we can discuss the chaos, the adversity, and the triumph that is being human. I'm Felicia Parker, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm passionate about sharing the resilience I see in other people that inspire me to chase what makes me feel most alive. This is a place to be a friend, a place to encourage, and a place to challenge. This is Human Entropy. Today's episode is a little different than normal. It's much less interview and much more conversation between me and my good friend Chase. He's been one of my favorite people to talk with for as long as I've known him, so I'm calling this Chase Chat. We catch up over Zoom with drinks in hand, share our opinions about working together in the past, about music, dating, and even politics, sort of. We had so much to talk about that I had to split our conversation into two episodes. Feel free to skip over this one if you want, but if you listen, enjoy. Hi. Hi. How was your day? Oh, my day was good. Just working. Yeah. Coffee? Coffee. Coffee. At the old BP. Oh, bless the old BP. What are you drinking? I'm drinking some, uh, some whiskey. Do you want to guess what I'm drinking based off of this mason jar? It looks like white wine. Yeah. What, uh, what type? I think it's Chardonnay. Chardonnay. What brand? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, it's it's called Lager something. I don't Sounds know. Great. Yeah. I got flipped off on the way home today. What did you do? <laughs> I didn't do anything. And you know what? I have done that one time and I felt so convicted afterwards. You've only flipped one person off? While driving, yes. Only while driving. Okay. So other times you've done more than once, just, just while driving only one time. Yeah, but the other times that I do it, is, it's, a, it's a joke. I don't flip people off. But this person, I'm like, I understand I was trying to pass going over the speed limit. I get it. I will own up to that. But what if I was speeding because I was trying to get to someone before they die? Why are you flipping me off? You know what I mean? That's not nice. They don't know your story. They don't, they know, don't your- know my story. That makes me think of a very heady thought uh, that's become a meme recently. Where, Which is? Where <laughs> I saw a video of like all these cars driving on a highway and the text was like, you ever think about how like all these people have their own story and you'll never know anything about them in each one of those cars that passes by. And I think about that every time that I'm in a city where all those little blinking lights is one per is like potentially, even if it was just one person, that person has like, a mom and dad, like aunt, cousin, sister, brother, whatever, and you may not ever know anything about that person. Kind of cool. Kind of crazy. It's a wild thought. This is a very big deal because aside from my stepdad, you're the first male that I've interviewed, except I'm not sure that we could call this an interview because it's just chase chat. Chase chat. Yeah. Well, I'm honored to be a part of it. So thanks for asking me. Yay. I'm starting with fun-ish questions. I sent them to you earlier so you could have time to think about your answer. Yep. I will answer as well. Okay. And after that, I'm going to do a this or that with you, like lightning round. Sweet. Oh, I didn't send you this one in advance, but what is one song that makes all of your playlists? One song that makes all of my playlists. It always makes the cut. You, you never tire of it. Uh, I mean, it's, 
I, I don't know if it always makes every playlist, but a song that I never get tired of is The Man in Me by Bob Dylan. Never get tired <laughs> of that song. Because it always makes me think of The Big Lebowski, which is my favorite movie. And I love that song. I, I, I That's like, recently I made a list during quarantine of songs that uh, I call campfire songs that mm-hmm. every person that like, plays music or like plays an instrument that you can travel with. I think every time, at least that I've been around, you know, friends and family and I bring my guitar somewhere, naturally you're going to want to play it naturally. Like people are going to ask about it. Um, So I always want to have songs in my repertoire where like, I don't need like five other guys to play it with. And Mm -hmm. that's always a song that makes the cut for that. Like, you know, and there's no, I feel like there's no better setting than like around a campfire with a, with a song like that, just a guitar and, you know, singing that song. So that that song will never get old to me, for sure. That's a good answer. Sweet. You sound like a musician or something. <laughs> um, my right. answer to that is, okay, it's not like it's my favorite song ever, but I never tire of it. Yeah. I'm on Fire by Sir Springsteen. Sir. We'll never get tired of that song. Yeah, it's, it's cool you brought that up because yesterday, uh, Born to Run was, is, is officially 45 years old. Which, fun fact, he wrote that album when he was 25. He wrote Born to Run, when, like the song Born to Run when he was 25. I always use that as a benchmark where I'm like, damn, Springsteen wrote that song when he was 25? <laughs> I got some work to do. <laughs> Love that song, though. There's a, great, there's a great cover of that song by Daddy Issues, I believe is the singer. I think, no, it's uh, Soccer Mommy. Soccer Mommy does a dope cover of that song that you would – absolutely love both of those band names back to back that's I know, they kind of are they kind of in the same issues and soccer moms if you could go anywhere in the world when there is not a global pandemic happening where would you go i would go to greece why greece uh my mom's side of the family is greek um mm-hmm. and on both sides uh my great-grandparents on both sides of my family immigrated so my dad's side swiss that it's like swiss and Greek side, like both going to Switzerland and going to Greece would be like my, my answer, I would say. Tracing the lineage. <laughs> Are there any phrases that you overuse? I feel like I, I mean, I, I always use chill and call people dudes that aren't dudes and stuff like that, which, you know, I'm trying to get better at because I don't ever want somebody to feel uncomfortable by me assuming they're uh, how they identify. So <laughs> I try to get better about that, but I just kind of say it out of, out of habit for sure. Like, you know, saying something is chill when it's definitely not chill. Like saying the power of a hurricane, like, oh, that's pretty chill. Like that's, no, that's not chill, actually. It's the opposite of chill. No. But I, I don't know. It's just something that I've always, you know, growing up where I did, I think it was pretty commonplace. Yeah, you have very California language. Yeah, it's part of, uh, no, I, I love California, but I think because of Colorado being such a place that a lot of people from California came to, there's a lot of that, that uh, nomenclature. Yes, the, the West. The West. I think that you say sup fam or just fam. I do like calling people fam. Yeah, I would say that's what comes to mind when, when I thought what, of that question. That's, that's the name of my family's group me. It's called Fam Jam. And so I think I always say what's happening Fam Jam. Or I like <laughs> saying howdy. I, I, that's something I, I notice I say a lot of like howdy. I don't think I've ever heard you say howdy. Maybe it's a new thing. Okay. There's a really great uh, 
Brad Leone from Bon Appetit, uh, he did like a uh, It's Alive, which is like a YouTube special that he does um, with Orville Peck, who's like a country artist. That oh, wears, I like, know him. Yeah, he's super chill, right? He's super so, chill. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they were doing like a special where they made Elote. Uh, <laughs> and and Brad was trying to impersonate, I guess, like the what Orville always does, which is the uh, yeehaw. And that's that's become a, a new staple as well. Just when you're bored, saying like, uh, yeah. <laughs> just fun. It's just fun to say. That is fun to say. Yeah. Worst Franklin Juice customer story. Before you answer, it should be known. We worked together for like a year, but I knew you long before that. Yeah, I guess because you were coming in there. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember exactly. I think that's how we met originally. No, I knew you from working at Bond Coffee with Evan Nichols. Oh, wow. That's starting way back. Shout yeah. out, Evan Nichols. Evan Nichols. Shout out to you. Worst customer experience or worst customer? Oh, I, won't say, I won't say names, but... Yeah, no names here, but yes, both. It's been a minute since I've thought about Frank and Juice. I've, I think I've, I was so scarred from that experience. Mm-hmm. I, don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember a lot of it. I think it was like, for me, it was, it was the type of people that would come in there that would always surprise me. Just people that would, I remember there was a woman that came in there who she was like, and this is not because she was not this way because she was pregnant, but she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I remember the, the point of that being in the story was that she was complaining about things that she could and couldn't eat, which is a commonality with women when they become pregnant. Mm-hmm. Certain things taste different to them. They don't like certain things that they liked before vice versa. Mm-hmm. And this woman was saying something about how like, that's how it was with bananas or whatever. Okay. And obviously yeah, Franklin juice. It's not, it wasn't an allergy. She's saying she's pregnant and now she doesn't like now bananas. she doesn't, she hates yeah. it. They disgust her. And at Franklin juice, literally everything is made with bananas. Right. So that's already a big problem. And it seemed like there were a lot of people that had banana pseudo faux allergies because yeah. of this. So I remember she was in there. It was probably either a Saturday or Sunday. It was a weekend. But she was in there with like her younger sister and like maybe a friend or something like that. I think I remember this story. Yeah, I think she was in like her maybe early 30s. No, no older than like 35 for sure. Definitely Mm -hmm. younger. And so I remember taking her order and she was telling me specifically how she like didn't want bananas in the base or the top. I explained to her, we can do that. We have this separate mix. We can do more strawberries, blah, blah, blah. And I remember that day, I don't remember who was working, but I remember that day watching the person that was working blend that extra mix that had no bananas in it. Like it was, mm-hmm. I literally watched her blend like the regular, like strawberry mix, whatever it was, strawberry and acai. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that like the mix that they were using for this bowl literally had no bananas. And so I, I told the same girl that did this, you know, previously I told her, hey, just watch out like this this girl like really doesn't want bananas like she stressed it to me <laughs> but she makes the bowl i think it was iris now think about it, that was that was there i was gonna it. say i feel like huli told me about it but iris made it yeah i think iris made it because yeah. this now i'm remembering how it ends and she uh so she makes the bowl there's literally not a drop of banana in there and granted we do have bananas everywhere but like there's no bananas in there mm-hmm. she gives her the bowl it's a it's a large bowl mind you uh, and she gives her the bowl. She goes and sits down and starts eating it. And I, I just, I'm watching her and like, she takes a couple bites and she just has this face where you're like, uh, uh, <laughs> we go. 
and she just like starts complaining to the people around her and it's it's a small shop so you can kind of hear she's like i told them no bananas like there's definitely bananas in here and she gives it to her sister to like try it and her sister's like yeah i'm on your side blah 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 <laughs> she gets up in front of the you know the busy restaurant goes up to the front goes up to the bar and puts it on the bar like drops it on the bar and she's like I specifically paid and asked for no bananas and there are definitely bananas in there. Like I can taste them. There are definitely bananas in there. And I'm like, kind of like sitting over here just waiting to see what's going to happen. And Iris, I remember responding and she was like, I know. And I, there's none in there. Like we used the separate mix. And that's when I kind of cut in. I was like, yeah, I, I watched her. Like I watched her blend it this morning. I watched her make it. There's literally no bananas in, in there. And she's like, well, I don't believe you. Like I, I can taste them in here. And we're like, Jesus. Okay. We can, we'll, we'll make you another bowl. Like it's not a big deal. And she was like, no, 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 no. I don't want, I don't want it. And she had like, she took like one more spoonful and like ate it, but then went over to the trash and spit it out. Like at Iris into the trash, like on the side where like we would throw stuff away. She walked up to her and spit it out. Like she was a mama bird and just <laughs> dumped it into the trash and then like stared her down and walked off. And I was like, what <laughs> i couldn't believe that a, a grown woman had that much attitude regarding bananas i was blown away and i remember we gave her like a refund and made her another bowl and she was like happy but it was just like what why do why do older people think that it's okay to throw tantrums that's what i want to know i agree i saw a lot of tantrums at franklin juice yeah I remember I would joke about being the resident plumber and just the firefighter putting out fires at all times because it yes. was just one thing. You were literally the resident plumber because you always had to fix the toilet. But I think I, I think I fixed it probably 50 times. So I don't have a like a bad story that I remember. Yeah, you've tucked them all away too. You're you've you've basically like you need to go to therapy to <laughs> years of therapy to un, undo and dig out all the the bad history. Well. So I want to say I had a very pleasant experience working there regarding customers. I think I just got mostly annoyed when people wanted acai bowls with no bananas in the base because before William became a genius and blended a huge batch of it for the week, we used to have to individually for each bowl blend acai and strawberries with no bananas. Right. It's just annoying. But I don't think I had any bad customer experiences best, and anything the best customer that you oh, had okay you know, i mean Williams, right? yes i was just headed in that direction you know you know when Haley would come in there the queen of nashville my goodness that was the best and she was so nice i have only good things to say about miss williams and that's what you want right like mm -hmm. that's what you want to have happen where you have a hero come in there <laughs> it turns out not only they're great at everything that they do but they're also good people and yeah they're just really kind it's kind of chill yeah really chill i saved this one for last okay. what's your favorite memory in our friendship uh favorite memory in friendship i there are definitely a few that that stick out i remember the the fourth of july party that's in uh, one of them. that was super fun because i remember like just the whole day was great mm -hmm. um and i feel like when i was actually cooking at your place i was already kind of blackout so i don't really <laughs> I, I don't remember if it was good or not, but I remember having a great time, like barbecuing out there. And then I remember watching fireworks from my from my apartment uh, with Nicole and 
mm-hmm. anime and I guess you came over as well. Um, yes, I guess I was it was there. The best, right? Like nobody else was there. I think Nick and, and Peter were there for a bit and then they left. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was great. And then the bonfire was was super fun too. For your birthday? Yeah, because I think getting people together that like don't normally hang out is always interesting. And it, mm-hmm. when it works out, it's like the best thing. Yeah, it was great. That was sweet. I would say 4th of July, it's a tie between that and um, my first day of working with you at Franklin Juice came into my mind when I thought of this question. It won't be funny to anybody else. It might not even be funny to you, but it just cracked me up. You walked in for your shift. It was like you didn't know that I was working there at that point. And like you said earlier, we knew each other for forever because I would come into your workplace all the time because you just worked with friends or whatever it was. Yeah. And you walked in and I was washing my hands, I think. And you just looked at me and you started laughing. You're like, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and then you didn't say anything else. That. It was really funny. I do remember it was that. A fun moment. It was like it was like a, that had happened before where people had come in a lot and then they're like, oh, I could work here and get yeah. this shit for free. Yeah. And then I think I just put two and two together. I was like, well, here we go. It <laughs> happened again. <laughs> Although I will say, was it like winter of 2017? I was going in there. I wasn't even getting bowls. I was going in to see a certain someone that was working. Ah, he will yes. remain. He will remain anonymous. We'll just call him the bedwetter. Oh, geez. He knows who he is. <laughs> he knows who he is. That and then also any of the times we went to comedy club on Monday nights. That was really oh, fun. Those were, we did that for a solid six months probably. Like, yeah. I think Nick and I and Peter, we, we would literally go every Monday for months mm-hmm. on end. Yeah. It, it was amazing. And I loved how everybody from Franklin Juice at one point had at least been not just once, but like multiple times with different mm-hmm. groups of people. Mm-hmm. It was pretty amazing. Like that was like, uh, it was so, it got to the point where like, if we weren't there, like the comics had a bad night because we would be there the next week and they'd be like, hey, where the f- were you guys last week? And be like, yeah. oh, you guys, like, we need to be there? Oh, sorry. <laughs> we'd yeah. be in the front row and they would just roast us and it was great. They really would. Yep. They there were many nights that, yeah, we, we got roasted. Mm-hmm. I think, well, two of my favorite comedy nights was when that Donald Trump impersonator got up. Oof. He was a weirdo. That guy's tough. I don't even know what he was saying, but it was just hilarious because he had the gate, everything down. Yeah. I mean, it was really funny. Me and Peter thought it was funny. But then uh, the other time that sticks out is when it was after your birthday, when me and Dave had just started talking. And then I asked you if you wanted a beer. And he was like, yeah, sure. And I was sitting by you originally. And then the next thing I know, I come back with the beers and all of you, I think I was the only girl that night. All of the dudes were like, hey, um, Felicia, we moved your stuff all the way down there by Dave. And I'm just like, (laughs) thanks. It was really, it was nice of you guys to not subtly do that. We're, yeah, we're, we're good wingmen in a not so subtle subtle way. (laughs) Yes. Those were great answers to all the questions. I agree. Likewise. Okay. This or that lightning round. There are only five of them. Okay. Okay. Work hard or play hard. Work hard. Waffles or pancakes? Pancakes. Are you sure? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Beer or wine? Beer. Yeah. Well, wine for me and also waffles for me. Mm. Um, 
Ooh, I feel like I know the answer. In and out or Shake Shack? Ooh, I'll let you answer that one. Really? Yep. Okay, well, so I'm not much of a burger person to begin with. Like when I go to Shake Shack, I get the chicken sandwich. So I'm going to go with In and Out. Yeah, their chicken sandwich, it's good, but I'm going to go with In and Out. Uh, I think Shake Shack is better, but I, I think In and Out is synonymous with being out west, and I'd rather do that. So yes, agreed. Eating out or cooking at home? You already know. I do love eating out, but the yeah, answer is cooking at home. For sure. for sure. Well, there's not much direction here. It's just I'm going to call it Chase Chat. It just flowed out of my mouth earlier. I think that's the name of this. Okay. Maybe you'll just be a reoccurring person. We'll just continue to just have friend conversations. Um, But I feel like it is important for people to know what you do because that's an exciting thing in your life. And we'll start from there. We'll like talk about other things after that. I I play music primarily. What kind Uh, of music? We usually describe it as like rock meets soul. A lot of our influences kind of live in that grouping. There were a six piece band called Waker. Um, so that's where I primarily spend a lot of my time creatively music in the music realm. Um, Nashville's but, most woke band, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah as, as claimed by, uh, by Dan Buckley himself of Lightning 100. <laughs> we love what we do. We love playing music. We miss touring dreadfully, um, but yeah. we, we just ride, we've been writing a lot of music lately and, and releasing what uh, will, will be our first record, you know, re- releasing songs mm-hmm. off of an upcoming record. So. And might I say, new single is wonderful. We right. love it. My roommates have it on their playlists. I hear it in the house when I'm not even playing it. What playlist is it on? Because I, I can see some of that on Spotify and it always makes me laugh seeing the types of names that people come up with for playlists. Oh, uh, I don't know the names of their playlists, but I know that you're on my playlist called Decadent. I like that. Yeah. I want to read you. I'll see if I can find one real quick. That yeah. They're always very, very funny. Please. Spotify's gotten pretty good with the data on here. I'm a sucker for some good data. Also, congrats on your release. The new song has been crushing it. Thank you. It's always a cool aspect of uh, being a, a Nashville resident. Yes, it is. And you know what? I will say before you find it, when I first moved to Nashville, it felt like, I mean, it still does feel like the town is just one big popularity contest. And you, I feel like you can look at it as like defeating because everyone is doing music. But I feel like I got over that really quickly because there's just so many awesome people to know because of music. Totally. The flip side of it feeling defeating, which it doesn't anymore for me, but it's really cool that there's just camaraderie all across the board and there's camaraderie for sure. And it's competitive though. That's what I love. It's, it's both competitive, but at the same time, it's like, it's not like a, you suck kind of way. It's like, it's it's done tastefully. Totally. Which is Mm -hmm. good. Good competition is what makes everybody better for sure. I agree. Okay. What are the names? Stupid. I love it. Like one that what now is on is called daytime ditties. Uh, sunny side up. That's that's cool. Happiness soup. Fishing pole on the dance floor. Non edgy name. Twenty eighteen. Oh, just like you know, just every now and then you'll just read through and be like, huh? Pirates, <laughs> Pe- P- Pirates pub beach mix. Bumpy whiskers. I don't know. You know, kind of cool. 
anyways, yeah, it's just the, that kind of data is always like it, it gives a little bit more of a personality behind the numbers, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I've never asked you this. How long have you been do, doing music? Like how long have you been playing instruments and writing and singing? Um, I started playing drums first. I started playing, I, I started taking lessons when I was nine. Mm. Um, I had a neighbor who was a retired school teacher and she had a Neil Peart sized drum set in her basement. And when we went over to their house, when we had moved into the area in Denver, it was mind blowing to, to an eight, almost nine year old that a 50 plus year old woman could shred drums like that. And so I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. So I remember I got the phone number for her drum teacher from her. And the next day I called him on my home phone from my parents' house. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's funny because I, I still know him pretty well and like have talked to him every now and then. And he's like, man, I still remember when you called me up one day, this little eight-year-old kid like asking for drum lessons. I was like, what? <laughs> like, who is this kid? <laughs> but it was great. I mean, I, I took lessons from him for a long time and um, played played drums primarily in bands throughout, you know, middle school and high school and then started picking up guitar and songwriting uh, in, in high school and made the transition from uh, a drummer to more of a, you know, songwriter, singer at the beginning of college and, and made that, you know, we formed COA, which became Waker my sophomore year, sophomore year of college. And how old are you now? I'm 27. Wow. Yeah. I'm an old man. I don't have gray hair yet. That's great. I started finding white hairs, not gray, white when I was like 20. Gray. <laughs> oh, shit. It's not, it's not like they're, ev well, I can't say they're not everywhere. They're all hidden, but I have found many white hairs and it's only getting worse and it's freaking me out. You know why? It's because you tell many a white lie. That's what a white hair is. Coming I thought it was like symbolizes wisdom. <laughs> No, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, anybody that's got gray slash white hair, they've been through some shit. Sure. I have definitely been through some shit. There you go. That could be what it is. Great music history lesson. Well, music, um, what's that word I'm looking for? Not like the birth of your music story, but like, what's that word? Well, you could use a biblical and band uh, reference and say the genesis of my... Uh, Musical awakening. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that that is what the word was that I was looking for, but I like it. The genesis of your music awakening. Nice. Um, that was really bad. Okay, why is music important? I think at least for the way that I think I am most moved by music is in the way that the music I gravitate towards usually makes you feel like anything is possible. Mm-hmm you know, when you put it on and you can't help but turn, turn it louder and, you know, kind of envision the way that life is and, and can be. Mm -hmm. um, or was sometimes. Or, or was, yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. But I, I think uh, ultimately for me, it's like that, that yearning for not more, but like the yearning for like constant improvement and, and ex mm -hmm. exploration and, you know, music is kind of ultimate joy in a lot of ways for me. Yeah. Uh, whether it's playing music or, or writing and, you know, sort of tinkering with demos or whatever. I mean, you know, that's kind of the reason why we love playing the music we do is because it usually lends itself to being an experience and being outdoors and in front of people and 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like the perfect combination of, of all of that. So yeah, I, I think it means a lot of things at, at different times, but most often it's just kind of that idea of like making music and experiencing music makes me feel like anything is, is possible, I would say. Yeah, it's a very poetic answer. <laughs> what about you? What, uh, what do you feel like is a uniting force in music? How about that? Ooh, um, it makes you feel alive. I feel like the reason anyone listens to it is because you feel life that much deeper, mm-hmm. whether it's a sad song or an anthematic song that's like captures how big and beautiful life actually is. But I don't know. I think, I don't know if this answers the question, but I had this really awesome, <laughs> it was kind of cheesy. I had an awesome moment when I was like 16 at a youth conference <laughs> like church camp um with many churches from all around the midwest yeah piled into this college university gymnasium really it wasn't a chapel or anything but um i had this moment where i was looking around at everybody when everyone was worshiping their eyes were closed and i just it hit me like oh my gosh i could have nothing in common with any of these people but we're all here for one reason and that is why i think music is important Another woman that I did this interview with about dreams referenced an old philosopher or like kind of more like a mystic. Um, Mm -hmm. You probably know him because you know lots of important, cool things, but his name's Carl Jung. Carl Jung, great, yeah. Yeah, so she referenced him, um, how he had the belief that we have like consciousness in our waking life, like right now we're conscious, but then when we're unconscious there's this life that's happening while we're dreaming but then underneath both of those things there's this massive collective consciousness where we're all connected somehow Mm -hmm. um and long story short i feel like that is why music is important for me because it Mm -hmm. it just embodies life all parts of being human or all parts of being alive and then because of that it unites people that you don't even speak the same language as yeah it's pretty that's, great. That's always pretty mind blowing when mm-hmm. people of different backgrounds and, and upbringings and yeah, especially language get the same message. You know, it's like, it's why you can't really make fun of a band like Coldplay or a band mm-hmm. even like, you know, go even more kind of cringy and go like one direction, you know, it's like, I think one of the best, one of the best lessons I ever learned about music and, and appreciating music came from a, a high school teacher of Connor our guitar player and and myself like when we were in Denver he's still a buddy of ours too and he's been sort of a at times like kind of a musical guru I guess Mm -hmm. um but he gave us some insight into like early on how to take something tangible from an artist that you hate you know if there's Mm -hmm. an artist you're like I just don't get it it's stupid it's it's forced it's whatever whatever it may be you don't like this artist right Mm -hmm. Well, he would say like, okay, I get that. But think about all the people that if it's a successful artist in some way, however you define that, but if it's a successful artist, like, all right, well, you don't like it, but all these people like it. So there's got to be something, there's got to be one thing that you can pull away and either learn from or appreciate, respect, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I remember like a specific example from him that we were talking about was Wilco. And I love Wilco now, but at the mm-hmm. time I just didn't get it. I was 
you know, 16 years old. And I was like, I don't get, it sounds like noise in spots. And like, they kind of have moments where it's super grungy and noise rocky and that that's an, an intention. Mm-hmm. But he was like pushing us to, to think further and go further with music um, and challenge like what we appreciated. And a lot of that came from like kind of stepping outside your realm and being like, well, Wilco's pretty regarded for their songwriting. Like, what is it about this band that like maybe I can get into? And I remember getting a bunch of their records at the library. Yeah, the li- the library, mm-hmm. uh, and just putting them on an iPod and just going through them, you know. And it's and and then I started to get it once I gave it a real shot. And you know, like I've done that with a lot of artists because it, you don't always like something the same, or right off the bat, or maybe you don't like it at all. But I think that aspect of challenging yourself uh you can you can kind of push through it and and figure out at least one thing you're like okay yeah i can see it and like this is kind of interesting like how how he does this this aspect whatever whatever it would be or whatever artist it would be yeah Uh, for some reason i'm not trying to dwell on things we don't like or talk negatively about anything but you just made me think of a question which is have any of your musical heroes let you down I think uh, one aspect of that, I ask people a lot about that idea, not in the same way, but like in the idea of like, can you separate the art from the artist? I think you and I talked about that with Ryan Adams. Yeah, my answer is Ryan Adams. He let me down and I'm heartbroken, but you did ask me that. I remember asking that because it was like, that's a hard question to answer. Like if I found out Paul McCartney was the worst person on the planet, I mean, my life would be very, I would, I would, because of how influential the Beatles were and, and a lot of his solo work, Lennon's solo work, especially a lot of Harrison's solo work, mm-hmm. I would be pretty devastated for sure. So can you separate the art from the artist? I think it depends. I think it depends on like who the like artist how is. how high of a standard or how yeah. high of a... Because like, I think if they've done something really horrible, there's so much of art that the artist puts of himself or herself into it mm-hmm. that it's like when you're listening to that art, or you're observing that art, like there's some of that weirdness or like really messed up part of them if they did something bad that exists and maybe not that specific piece, but like it's there, like that's that's them, that's who they are. Yeah. So like a great example is like Michael Jackson, right? Like- I still love, watch it. I, I know, watch and I, I tried watching that doc and I was just like, I don't know if I can do it. I, I've heard I've heard what it's about, I've heard the recounts, like, I get it, you know, and, and I don't, I can't listen to his music specifically the same, for sure. Mm-hmm. Jackson 5, a little different story, because it's like, it's a very, very young Michael Jackson. And at the mm-hmm. same time, like, where he ended up is such a relation to his childhood and an up- upbringing. And yeah. obviously, there's a lot of bad stories regarding how his father treated all of them. And, you know, there's there's so much that you can dive into that, but that doesn't account for the wrongs that he committed either. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I like other than him. I don't know. I've I've been I guess lucky in that sense where like I haven't been like. There hasn't been somebody that's crushed me where I've been like, damn, that's mm-hmm. like if Dawes. If I found out Dawes like was you know that would you know those kind of those kind of things. Yeah. Um. So for now, I was we're- able to get past. Well, I I wouldn't even say that. I'm not able to get past any of the Ryan Adams stuff. Yeah. I will say I have somehow been able to turn off a switch to at least minimize 
me thinking about all of the allegations towards him while listening to him. Right. The ugh, his music is that well, was such a hard hit. Yeah, I mean, for you, I mean, that's a huge, huge artist for you, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't make those songs any any less amazing. Like the songs are great, mm-hmm. but the person that made them. I mean, if you're a shitty, if you're a dick or if you're like a mean person, like that's different, I guess. If anyone ever finds out anything about Jack Antonoff, I don't want more. <laughs> I met him once. Well, good for you. That's great. It was a long time ago. Uh, we were, we. Was it, you uh, told me about this. This is when he was doing Still Train. Yeah. I, which was one of my favorite bands growing up. Yeah. Uh, they, cause he's from New Jersey and his always buddies from New Jersey kind of had an early Springsteen vibe to it, like super youthful, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of like what became Bleachers, I feel like came from that background for sure. Mm-hmm. We, my buddy Logan and I went to the show in high school and one of my favorite parts about it was that like, yeah, we saw Steel Train, it was awesome. Uh, but Young the Giant was opening the show mm-hmm. and they, they were playing at a, at a venue in Denver that we've played at and is one of my favorite venues called the Bluebird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically there was like towards the end of steel train, there weren't a lot of people at the show, maybe like, I don't know, 50 to 60 people potentially, mm-hmm. potentially. And the room was big. And I remember seeing young, the giant and having my mind like blown and talking to them afterwards and be like, you guys are incredible. Like, this is the next best thing. And they're like, yeah, we just got signed, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, a year goes by and then my body and cough syrup are like huge all over all radio and stuff. It was, it was cool to see like from this level and just see that happen in first mm-hmm. firsthand. But I remember before the show, we were driving around and we may have been smoking uh, and we saw like the band, uh, Steel Train and Jack. And so we drove right up to him like, Jack, like, dude, you guys are awesome. We're stoked for the show. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, like, do you guys want to like smoke a little bit? Man? <laughs> and it was so funny because he, he, you know, we're 16 year olds and he very clearly like looked at us and like laughed and he was like, I know what this is. Like, you guys are kids. I get it. And he's like, nah, man, I'm, I'm good. I already did. I, I appreciate it though. And like very like lovingly was like, like let us down easy and, and stuff. So it was, it was a funny moment where it was like, I didn't like get let down at all. It was just kind of like, that's, that was a cool, like one little brief interaction that I had with him. Mm-hmm. That I think said a lot about like his character. He's like, not going to go smoke weed illegally with you. 16 year olds you know what I mean like I wouldn't do that either (laughs) yeah you wouldn't (laughs) no I was like uh no I'm good (laughs) that's a good story we can always circle back around to music because yeah what's important to you right now I think just staying like positive as much as possible I I feel like I try to be a pretty optimistic person and there are a lot of people out there that are very similar. And there are a lot of people that are also like, hate that type of personality, you know, where they're like, I'm sad. Let me be sad. Like, leave me alone. Kind of. And I get that too. But a big motto for me and for, for Nicole and I has been like, just taking things like one day at a time, you know, Mm -hmm. you've got today. That's all you have. It's all you really ever have. But now more than ever, it's like, let's just get through today. And we'll figure it out, you know, and, and be pumped about it as much as you can be. I don't know how how have things been out like where you are, like with with roommates and stuff. Like how how has everybody been getting along? What was quarantine like? So 
uh, I turned 25 on Monday, March 2nd, and I woke up, I fell asleep at like 12 something. I woke up at like 1 a.m. and tree fell on our house. So we had to leave. That was, yeah, that was March 3rd. Was tornado, right? Yes. Tornado yep. made the tree fall on our house. We had to leave because it seemed that the tree putting holes in the roof, which side note, the tree weighed more than one ton. I mean, it, it weighed several tons somehow yeah. left two holes in the roof and that's it. Wow. No idea how it didn't collapse and take the life of Becca because it was above her bedroom, wow. but thankfully it didn't. And then we had to leave and go stay somewhere else. And to add to what you just said earlier, trying to find the positive of everything, we had people left and right just ready to help us in any way we needed, which was really humbling and really wow. awesome to see. I love volunteering for a lot of reasons, but like that reason specifically seeing people that none of us knew each other and like out there, like picking up all kinds of debris. It's like, this yeah. is cool. Like there's a community here for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so seeing that was really more than just a silver lining out of that whole experience. But so we got gifted a house to stay in for the whole, like all the rest of March through April, Wow. through all of April. But the issue was that, the house only had two beds. And so the room that I was placed in had a pullout couch. And I was like, mm, I have other resources. I think I'm going to utilize them. So I stayed with my friend Francis for like the whole month of March and April, actually. So I was not with my roommates for most of quarantine. Yeah. Which was weird. It was really weird. But aside from that, we moved back one of the first days in May. And we've been back since. Our deck got fixed. The grill was ruined, which is such a bummer because of the memories, but we got a new one. But yeah, it's been good. Aside from that little tiny hiccup. <laughs> it seemed like that was the starting place of the year that 2020 has seemed to be, was the tornado happening in Nashville. Yes, when it started to get more global, I will say. Yeah, because like the tornado happened. And I remember it was weird because I was supposed to work at BP that morning and did i remember being up like what did it get damaged no which was the weird that was so strange like i got up at 4 30 that morning like i just woke up and because normally i i would would get there at like 6 6 10 and i read through like slack because it was there were so many messages and one of the guys in east was like hey my house just got hit by a tornado can somebody like cover for me today and i was like wait what and looked up like, you know, an article on like the local channels app and like saw the photos of the basement East and, and, you know, burger up in East and all this stuff. And I was like, Whoa, 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 what the hell? And then, you know, like our, our boss at uh, the Germantown location was like, nobody go in. Don't, don't go down there. Like if you don't have to, cause again, I was supposed to be there in like an hour and a half. So I was like, what the hell is like going to happen? Yeah. So you know, I kind of stayed up, like I didn't go back to bed. And then, you know, Nick and I just both got up, met in Germantown and just like walked around and like checked mm -hmm. it out. And literally a block down the street, like where Weiss and Henrietta Red and all that stuff is uh, in Germantown, like all that stuff was, that's where the beginning of like the destruction sort of happened. And mm -hmm. all those new apartments were like blown out and 
whole buildings crushed and cars thrown like all the like that O'Reilly's auto parts was destroyed and it was just it was I'd never been in like a disaster situation like that before so it was like very surreal yeah Uh, but that all happened and then you know like a week and a half went by and we finally got to open back up because the power was out and then like five days later like we shut back down because of covid you know so it was so strange really weird times of life yeah 2020 we could talk about that all night but we won't you said the name nicole who's that uh that's my that's my girlfriend Uh uh-huh how long you been going steady (laughs) wow uh we've been going steady uh for a little over a year now that's precious yeah it's great and as i recall that's her dog that we're hearing in the background it is this is yeah she's been i've literally been either playing with her or petting her this entire time otherwise she would be barking very loudly because she is very very attentive she loves to be pet so gotta give her love well done yep this is a good segue into talking about dating because I told you that that could be one of the things that we talk about because over the course of our friendship, I have had to ask you so many questions <laughs> about dating yeah. and all that it entails. And I actually have a friend who has a podcast of her own called The Dating Pact. It's really funny, but also really real. And I'm highly entertained by everything she has to say, each episode that she puts out. So me and her are doing like a collab episode next week. One of the questions I planned on asking her, mm-hmm. and I feel like this is good to ask you because having a, a guy's perspective is fresh and important. And it's just fun to highlight the different ways that people think, even though I feel like when I'm in confidence, I think that I think pretty similarly to you. But a lot of the time I'm not confident. So I feel like I'm always asking you questions all the time. There's like this one dude that I've been talking to, but I've got, my mind has been made up about that being a no for a while. Did you ever find the guy at the coffee shop that I saw you post about? Freaking no. Did you find any leads, anything to to go off of? No, we can't talk about that. But I will say that I have never had so many responses. I got the most responses (laughs) ever. And don't you love the internet? Yeah, I love the internet. It was exciting that I got so many responses, but all of them were just people saying, I hope you find him, which is really nice. Yeah, very positive, but not necessarily helpful. Not helpful in the slightest. I was needing someone to have info on the man. It kind of works, actually. It makes it worse. You're like, damn it, I wish that it would happen because everybody's rooting for us. Exactly. I will say about that whole situation, because I included in there that I saw him drive away in a car that had, I'm pretty sure, Pennsylvania plates on it. Nick replied to it, and he said... <laughs> I only heard it in his Nick voice. Sounds like he lives in Pennsylvania to me. (laughs) And I'm just like, no, man, don't say that. But he's probably right because Nashville is not that big. In fact, it's rather small in my opinion. And I have not seen this man ever again. So he probably doesn't live here. Gotta go to Philly. Yeah, I gotta go to Philly. (laughs) That's probably Maybe he's Amish. Amish. Maybe, Maybe that car was a rental and he's just trying it out. I don't know. It looks like a really old Corolla or something. 
Also, I'm not a stalker. I just really was entranced by this man and made a note to see what car he was driving as he drove away. But, okay, so segue from Nicole, this wonderful girl that I love. I've only hung out with like a few times because she just recently moved to Nashville. But I love her with my whole heart. Let's talk about the difference between relationships and situationships. If you like what you've heard and want to support this project, if you're streaming on Spotify, it'd be amazing if you'd follow the podcast and download each episode as you stream them. If you're listening on the podcast's app, please give the show a five-star rating and it will help out immensely. Most importantly, of course, share these episodes with the people that you know. Theme song and audio production by Tip Frank, podcast artwork by Sierra Scott, Lydia Massey, and Kinsey Maroney. I appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to this. Until next time. Stay tuned for part two of my interview with Chase.